Welcome to Propel, a podcast by Fellowship Pacific to propel you and your ministry forward in the mission God has for you. I'm your host, Jessica Powell, and in today's episode, you'll get to listen in as Elizabeth Faulkner from our leadership development team talks with Sean Barton. Sean is the lead pastor of Mountainside Community Church, one church that meets in two locations, in Fernie and in Sparwood, BC. You'll get to hear about how God spoke to Sean months before the COVID-19 crisis started, preparing him to be ready in his heart for what God would call him and his church to do. And you'll hear Sean share about how they are being innovative in mobilizing their church and community to care for those who are most vulnerable in their community. So let's listen in now to Elizabeth's conversation with Sean Barton. Okay, well, I want to welcome you to uh, the Fellowship Pacific podcast, and uh, today it's Elizabeth Faulkner here from the leadership development team at Fellowship Pacific, and I'm lucky to be here today with Sean Barden from uh, Mountainside Church in Fernie, British Columbia, a beautiful place with the best bagels. Uh, So love the bagels in Fernie. And it's kind of fun to get to do this because Sean and I have known each other since Northwest Baptist College days way back in the 90s. Um, Sean, when you were kind of a skinny guitar player leading us to chapel. And now I'm a gray skinny guitar player. So that's the only thing. You look exactly the same, but I don't look (laughs) anything like we did in our college days. (laughs) Yeah, so I was thinking we should think of this podcast as, you know, a conversation sitting on the hot spot Mm. uh, down in the foyer of the old Northwest building. So some of you out there will remember that well. Um, Yeah, so this is kind of an honor and and fun. And I was thinking, oh, this seems right now seems like um, a long way away from those carefree days. Uh, with what we're going through right now with the coronavirus. And I mean, obviously, a lot has changed since then. Um, But first of all, Sean, I wonder, can you just tell us a little, just briefly about yourself and your family? And then maybe tell us about your church. Tell us, let us know, what do you love about it? What's unique about it? Um, What are some of its strengths? Um, So I, my wife, uh, Kimberly, is a physician, so she is right in the middle of uh, a lot of strategic planning. She's on a bunch of committees and provincial boards that are are coming up with, uh, you know, plan A's and plan B's and plan C's for different scenarios, and so she's been in the thick of this for quite a while. Uh, We have three girls, uh, 14, 12, and 10 years old, Rachel, Sarah, and Lily. And so they're not at school and at home like a lot of your kids. And so, of course, like everybody, our world has just, all of our plans have just been upended. Uh, we live in Fernie, which uh, which we love. Rolling Stones magazine called it the coolest small town in North America. And it is a really, it, it has a, it's just a really great community. It's got a really good community spirit. It's got a beautiful downtown. It, uh it's got great restaurants and lots of recreation and, and people who live here really love being here. Um, and so we, we're very privileged to get to call this home. We've been here for uh, 14 years, I think, maybe going on to 15 years. Um, our church is, we've got two campuses in Fernie and then a second campus down in Sparwood. And uh, both of our campuses are doing well and are growing. Um, we have a, uh, yeah, just a, it's a really, really great church. We have a really great staff team. 
um, really proud of our staff team. We have a staff team of nine, and uh, and they are super great. Um, some uh, uh, up and coming young pastors, uh, some veterans like Mel Reimer is our campus pastor in Sparwood, <laughs> uh, is a familiar name, and so uh, so we're we're really fortunate. Um, the thing, one of the things I love about our our church family is. Uh, um, like there's just a a wealth of gifts in our body and uh it's just really just people who just really really love jesus there's a lot of people in our church who just you, you look at them and you just know that they know jesus and uh and and all the beautiful stuff that comes from that like in their life and what they prioritize in their life and how they love neighbors and and so our church just reaps the fruit of a lot of people who really really love jesus and i think that's the thing i probably love the most about our church yeah yeah i i've been to your church and that's got right you were the there. first female who's ever preached in our church i was to you yeah. i was it was awesome and yeah. i you have some of the most friendly genuine people that i've met and your staff is amazing mm -hmm. uh so we got to do the berkman there david and i right. and mike and just the unity and everybody just seems to be on board with what you're doing so you're seem pretty blessed uh with that yeah um just wondering with this whole coronavirus you've mentioned your wife is a physician I mean, you're a lead pastor at a church, you have three girls. So can you go in a little deeper how this has affected you personally? Yeah, I, I think uh, um, my, my wife has been working more in the last month than uh, she has ever worked. Um, lots of Zoom calls and, and she's on lots of committees and you know, committees for interior health region and, and trying to strategize how they're going to respond. And, and, uh, and so she's been uh, very, very busy. And of course, all of their planning and their strategizing is trying to uh, accommodate the worst case scenarios. And so uh, there's been lots of dire, <laughs> dire predictions that I, I have heard and, and I, I get little snippets of maybe a little bit of inside information. And so, um, yeah, just the, the sense of the the gravity of what has uh, what we're into and and where this could go ha has been quite heavy uh, in our home for the last while, um, and so and so that's definitely uh, taken a toll, of course, on on uh, our frontline healthcare workers and and those administrators who are trying to come up with plans and. And so we felt the the weight of that, and then of course, as uh, as we're trying to adjust, it's been a little bit, you know, the last few weeks, it it felt like everything kind of changed so quickly and so dramatically, and so there was this bit of a sprint for the last three weeks of how do we how do we re retool and how do we readjust, and so you know we're frantically trying to figure out how to do online services and and then how do we still connect with our people and and then we've launched some new initiatives into our community and so there's been lots of kind of like you know an entrepreneurial spirit in the last three weeks of doing things new and uh and that that carries some adrenaline with that and there's some you know there's some excitement that comes with that but we're quickly uh realizing that that this is a marathon that we're in and not a sprint and uh 
and so uh, have to pace ourselves and, and have to really start to strategically think, uh, what does our church look like? What does carrying out our mission look like in eight months from now? Um, because I, I do think the landscape has changed and all of those strategies and structures that we've relied upon to carry out mission, those are all off the, they're off the table now. And so our, our plan is we're, we're kind of, we're going to try to get through Easter and then we're going to have to do some, some fairly intensive strategic thinking uh, for 12 months, 16 months out uh, in case things don't change or if this becomes kind of the new norm for a long time long time how do we continue to make disciples and how do we continue to expand our our impact in our in our community and carry out our mission and and uh so i, I feel like uh i feel like we're fairly well situated with our staff team that we've got some some entrepreneurial thinkers and some outside the box thinkers and uh and we've got a diverse staff team that we're able to kind of um shift staffing roles on the fly and and people who are taking you know, parts of their job description, which was never part of their job description when they signed up is, is uh, people are stepping into that. And so I feel like we are, we're fairly well situated to adapt and, and to be more strategic. Um, but all of that has been a bit overwhelming for uh, as the lead pastor. And then of course, you know, wanting to both protect the church in this time and care for your staff and you know everybody's financial situation is changing and and you know the weight of all that and how do we navigate that is is uh, lead pastors who are listening to that they they know that and they and they carry that and it's you know it's nothing unique that we're facing it's it's everybody is facing this but yeah my 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 kids have kind of settled down there was definitely some fear uh, when when my wife went back into clinic and back to emergency and because she's frontline and and uh and and just you know on a personal note like i i was making calls you know to some of the contractors in town trying to get personal like trying to get masks and trying to get face shields and trying to get stuff for my wife and um just because of the the shortage that we keep hearing about in the news on on the ppes is a is a reality and uh so i think all that stuff of my kids were seeing that i think that caused their anxiety to 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 ramp up and so uh we've had to have some family meetings to talk about stuff that we're okay and god's in control and mom's being really careful and yeah and uh um and we think things have kind of settled down but yeah good good so you've had a lot swirling around yeah for sure in your head and in your family um but one of the things that was really interesting when we talked a couple of weeks ago is how you thought god was mm. preparing you in advance of this right and i was very um i don't know i was very impacted by that because it seemed like god had prompted you and kind of prepared you to be ready for this yeah so i'm wondering if you can tell us a bit about that yeah so there, there's two kind of things uh one is uh is this little, i don't usually don't talk about this type of stuff because it's it's uh it it's, it's a little bit odd but uh i have you know a handful of times in the last 20 years I, i've had what what i would call like a prophetic dream where i just have a sense that a really clear sense that god was trying to get my attention and he was trying to communicate and uh and and they're different than you know those dreams where it was the pizza the night before and you're like that was weird was that god I, i've had a handful of times where i just knew that i knew 
and uh, and then had you know the things that I thought God was trying to say confirmed really quickly in Scripture in the next couple of days proceeding and and in January I I had a I had a dream that I woke up from and I was sure that God was trying to get my attention and uh, and it had to do with our hospital and I was going to go to the hospital for probably a visitation or something I don't know and the scene at the hospital was 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 one of like you know people in those classic movie yellow hazmat suits and and uh and there was plastic everywhere and there was you know people sh shouting orders and telling me to go back and I couldn't go in and 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 I woke up from that I was like I was like I had just had this deep sense that that God was saying yeah that things are going to be changing health-wise and this was back in early mid-January and uh and uh and and I kind of filed it away, and uh, and then we started getting reports of this the cruise ship, the virus on these cruise ships, and then reports of it starting to kind of spread, and and uh, and I I was told our staff that yeah this is gonna this is gonna be bad, this is gonna be serious, and they all thought I was chicken little, they're all like rolling <laughs> their eyes, so I I was I had a sense that something was gonna happen and something was yeah. gonna change, and so really trying to encourage our staff along those lines. To, to get ready for that, not even knowing what getting ready really looked like. Um, but I felt like God was communicating that way. And then even structurally, we, um, we went and acquired a, a whole video production studio, uh, uh, um, you know, six or eight months ago um, that we haven't set up and used uh, for the plans of really upping our um, video production of our services so that we can possibly plant a third campus that's that's been uh been a hankering of mel's is to plant another church and and so uh we've we had all that equipment and uh, we have some of the expertise actually in our church to be able to use all that and but we just haven't and uh, so actually part of our plan was during spring break when we were shutting down some of our programming we were going to be doing some renos in our building to try to facilitate for all this stuff and and so it just so happened that when we started shutting down services, we we had the equipment and actually the capability to start to produce um, uh, a fairly a fairly like a yeah a, a really higher end video production for a, a smaller church. Um, and so that was really like I just feel like that was God's grace and God's preparation for us to allow us to fairly quickly transition out of. Um, our regular gatherings into a digital gathering, mm -hmm. a live digital gathering without it, like, you know, without us looking like that Italian priest who went viral, who, <laughs> who had all his filters on his phone. And oh. if it was left <laughs> to me, you know, and he had the Elton John sunglasses on. And uh, anyway, if it was left oh, to I me, you have to go, you have to <laughs> go search awesome. it. If it was left to me, that is what our video production would look like. So yes. uh, we're really, really grateful that uh, we felt like we were prepared for that. That's wonderful. I, it's yeah. actually, I keep hearing stories around our region and from other people we're talking about how God is kind of uniquely had prepared churches to have the right people or the equipment or the health of somebody else just to be able to um, serve their churches during this, this time. So that's amazing and a good story to remember on the bad days, right? Totally. <laughs> when this seems difficult. Um, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's just, 
I just love hearing stories of God, how God prepares us in advance for the difficult times. And um, yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, so you've what about tell me about how you're caring for your church? And I know we're going to talk about how you've been caring for your church, and then also how God has um, kind of prompted you to for some community initiatives, which you've already kind of mentioned, but why don't we start talking about how are you, how are you taking care of your church or how's your church taking care of each other right now? Yeah, um, we, ha we have a, a, a church body that is really, really well connected and um, we've got some really strong missional communities and, and, and people who have structured a rhythm of life where they're, they're just in each other's lives for the long haul. And, uh, and are doing their discipleship together and are pursuing Jesus's mission together. And so we had a lot of the kind of the relational infrastructures in place where, where people, people's relational connection is way deeper than just our Sunday gatherings. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, and so that is to the credit of our small group leaders and our missional community leaders and, and some of the people who are le uh, leading our discipleship huddles. And, yeah. and uh, so um, they're continuing to do what they were doing. Uh, they're continuing to connect mm -hmm. online and they're continuing to uh, strategize a bit as it, what does it look like for us to be in rhythm together when we're, we're not all in the same room together. But so those things just have just continued. And, uh, yeah. and because those were just such a, a part of, of people's lifestyle now that there was, there was no question that they were going to figure out a way to continue to keep them a part of their lifestyle. Just like, we're still all eating and we're still, you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. those rhythms of our lifestyle are still happening. So that's credit to uh, all of those, uh, our lay leaders and some of our staff who, who make that happen. We have also, we went and uh, uh, we have a, a number of people in our church who've been, who have been trained and equipped through a, a ministry we call Stephen's ministry. And so mm -hmm. they're, they're equipped for, you know, for, for one-on-one, uh, pastoral care and, and, uh, and supportive listening. And so yeah. we've, we've mobilized all of them and, uh, as well as some of our elders and, and those who are, are really have the spiritual, they're, they're spiritually gifted as pastors. They've got that spiritual gifting and we have kind of broke our whole church body into kind of groups of eight and they've all been assigned around eight people. And so they check in on them, uh, two times a week, uh, see how they're doing both to encourage them, to pray with them, to, to have some relational connection, but also to kind of triage to see how people are doing. Mm -hmm. And then if there are issues that are, are, are like if there's physical issues that need to be met, it's our effort to try to make sure nobody has kind of fallen through the cracks in, at this time. Right. And, uh, and, and it's also, it's, it's utilizing those gifts that are in our body. Like we've yeah. got a ton of people who are really good at, at caring. Some of our best pastors in our church are not pastors on our staff we've got some people who are really formidably gifted in that way and so they're 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 doing that so that's helping us uh, connect we we do an online uh, we do a digital um, zoom prayer meeting on on uh, Wednesday nights where we come together and then we break in we break out into kind of a breakout rooms where, where we're praying together and that's part of our weekly rhythm that um, uh, has been uh, yeah, we've, I think we had, uh, I don't know if we had like 60 or 70 people on last that's time together awesome. praying. So that, that's really yeah. good. And we hope that will continue to grow. Um, 
and it's a chance for people to kind of check in and, and, and share their prayer requests so we can pray for each other, but also then uh, together laboring some of these uh, bigger prayer items that are, are worth our whole church um, mm. putting our, our faith and our, our attention towards. So, yeah, so those are some of the yeah. things right, kind of off the top of my head of how we're yeah. trying to maintain caring for our church. Well, I love I love how you're being intentional and make you know breaking them up into smaller chunks and dividing them that up and utilizing people's gifts as they're gifted and um, yeah and I know when we were talking before that kind of triage idea uh, yeah. really sparked kind of my interest because I thought that was a great way to make sure that those physical needs got taken care of. Yeah. Um, okay, well tell tell us about this initiative in your community and what you're doing how did that come about um yeah yeah so we we started something uh so myself and a couple of our other key leaders uh got together uh our board chairman and another board member got together and 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 we basically started with okay if things go the way that we think they're going to go uh, in our community, what does it look like for us to to serve our community to to step into the gap and 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 we're all really motivated by all of those those stories we know in church history when you know crisis would hit a community and pandemics would come in and people would panic and people would flee and the people mm -hmm. who stepped up and cared and there's people who you know put themselves at even at risk even at at, at personal mm -hmm. risk in order to to love and care for neighbors were were um, the believers and that earned credibility for the gospel and and I, I remember a book I read by Mark Knoll he even chalked that up as one of the one of the five or six key foundational reasons why the early church was able to 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 grow was that was that regular people serving their need their neighbors in times of crisis really it 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 created space for the gospel message to to be to be shared and so that was in our in our mind and so we yeah. started saying well what, what would that look like for us in a way that's 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 sustainable and and measurable but also meaningful in our community and so um we started thinking through well if people are quarantined if people are self-isolating especially the vulnerable they're not going to be able to to get groceries or not going to be able to go shopping and so that's something that we could look after we can we can make happen for that for for them and so then it quickly began to, to morph into uh into um a, a kind of a structure that would bo both allow us to meet some of those physical needs around foods and, and medicines but also what would it look like for us to kind of check in on, on people who are vulnerable or lonely to see how they are doing and so we we put together a kind of a structural team of of uh, some really gifted men and women from both of our campuses and some yeah. really really high capacity like some really great administrators some systems people yeah. uh we have an emergency doctor who is on on board we've uh mm -hmm. we've got some of our pastoral staff on on board and uh and uh kind of think through you know what would the structure look like and uh and uh and then yeah, we put together kind of an organization and kind of a, a streamlined our communication, started streamlining our systems about getting groceries to people, getting the word out to our community. And uh, and then it just really took off. Uh, mm -hmm. We have over, I think, 100 volunteers who are who are all mobilized to to help look after neighbors. Yeah. And and I think we've got a ton of them who are outside of our church, people from the community who have joined in. Yeah. Uh, both of the mayors in our town uh, in Sparwood and Fernie are just on board, have have been directing people 
towards our organization, the, the Elk Valley Emergency Response Organization has called uh, up to, called us and are kind of funneling all of those needs over towards uh, our church community. Uh, the organization we started is called the Elk Valley COVID Support Team and has its own kind of website. You can call up, you can email up, you, you get in kind of into the queue. We do groceries. Uh, we deliver groceries Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Okay. We, we figured out the whole structures with the the um, the uh, uh, grocery stores in town about how we pay for that. We've got money that has come in from the community to, to buy groceries for people who can't afford. We've had restaurants who have jumped on board <laughs> who says says we we will start putting together ready to make meals uh, for for free. That uh, you guys can now begin to determine who you think are in need, and we will give those to you. And so, so restaurants are now jumping on board. People just, you know, in our town, just want to help. And so, I, I feel like this has kind of become a bit of a, a magnet that the community has come around. And uh, you know, all the different organizations, the hospice society, that they're, they're all have kind of come to us and says, yeah. "Hey, we're, we're kind of at your disposal. If you know somebody who you're connecting with." Um, because we follow up with people both emotionally who um, with the call from our team uh, and those are all staffed by kind of mountainsiders, our call team yeah. uh, to see how people are doing. But then we've able to connect them with resources for grief counseling or pastoral counseling or, mm. or, um, and, and yeah, the, the impact has just been, it, it's just been super great. We are uh, all of the senior centers in, in town know about us. We were, that's cause that's who we're, who initially were really we were thinking of as, as yeah. kind of a vulnerable. How do we how do we look after the seventy year old who needs groceries but really really doesn't want to put mm -hmm. themselves at risk, but they feel like they've got no other option. And uh, right. yeah, so that's been that's been growing, and uh, and um, it's just really great. I've just been fielding calls from the community who are um, who are just saying, I'm just so grateful for your church and the people in your church mm -hmm. for doing this. Yeah. And, uh, and, and which just makes me really proud because yeah, it that's, that, that's what, that's what Jesus, isn't that what Jesus said that, that let your works, your light so shine that, that others would see your good works and glorify your father. And, and that's, and that's our, our church, a handful of people. I mean, we get a, a scores of people in our church who are making this happen putting in significant volunteer hours behind the scenes to create the infrastructure to hone the system. Our whole dispatch system has been all, you know, nailed down. Um, that we're, yeah, we just got volunteers sending, bringing groceries and connecting <laughs> in people. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been super, super good. So, and again, it's like all those different latent gifts in our church. We've kind of focused them on, on a need and, uh, and just kind of unleashed them and, yeah, yeah. It, it's great. It's, I mean, I, I can yeah. hardly organize a two car parade. So yeah. thankfully it, it's not, it's not me making that happen. Well, I don't know, but Sean, it, I think you're yeah. a pretty good, you're a pretty good mobilizer and visionary person. So I just, yeah. Isn't it amazing, right? How God kind of prepared you and then yeah. he's brought just the right people together for totally. the right time. And now, uh, yeah, the light, the shining, the light thing is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Do you have any, I wonder, do you have a little story, like maybe one story from that, something that has come from that? Yeah, we, uh, um, 
Oh man, I can I can think of lots, but I I we we had a I had a call from uh, uh, from a lady in the community who uh, um, she's her her mom is in the community. She is in Calgary, and she called because she was so fearful about wanting to check in on her mom and wondering if she could come down because her mom was self-isolating and couldn't get groceries and uh and then she wanted somebody to be able to check in on her and uh so we were like hey we can look after this and uh um and so we were able to go and and get her groceries but then uh i i just love it we've got a bunch of seniors from our church who are all kind of in lockdown in our senior mm -hmm. center who oh. are now who are are checking in on the seniors in in their group and so and so yeah I, it's it, and so she was just like over the moon uh and oh, just yeah. so so appreciative and uh and then we were able to uh to share with her a, a bit about our church and and mm -hmm. uh and um yeah kind of our, our motivation behind why we're doing these things and and there's lots of stories like that and and yeah. people in the front lines who are who are out and and also the other thing I super appreciate is that the volunteers from our community who are not tied to our church we're seeing them come up and I just 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 some just fabulous good-natured mm. good-hearted people that I was like oh man I just want you to meet Jesus and be yeah. part of our church church because yeah. you are awesome yeah. and uh and so we're we're creating we're able to kind of create some relationships with people in our town who yes. are just who, who are just great their heart is to is to care for people and they just needed a mechanism and and a, and a and a structure in place where they could you know they could make themselves available to and uh so we're we're, we're trusting that out of this we're, we're gonna see yeah. more people connected into our community because that's been our motivation all the way along is that we always wanted to to be Fernie's church when 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 mm -hmm. people in our town think of you know in a time of crisis or a time of spiritual questioning if i was going to go anywhere yeah. i'd go to that church because those people i know love our town and i know if somebody knows god i think they do and so right. that's always been part of our our motivation uh for how we do church and and how we engage with our community and i feel like this crisis has has given us an opportunity to to kind of push into some of those underlying values and those underlying motivations. Yeah, for sure. And just yeah, so people know you actually have uh, provided some of your documents that helped you create that, yeah. which are up on the Fellowship Pacific website. Yeah. So thank you very much, Sean, for that uh, for helping us in that way. Yeah, um, and, and if somebody they could just go to uh, evcst.com and you can kind of right. see our our which is the website we have and kind of the structure and the mechanism by which. Uh, which people get connected and then we have kind of the whole system the infrastructure behind that that the people who dispatch volunteers and and uh and the taking the grocery list and all that type of stuff and yeah. and you know the pharmacies are calling us when when they have a delivery delivery now all the pharmacies call us so <laughs> so that's yeah so it's uh it, it's 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 quite the the network is growing uh yeah, yeah with with each week it's it's growing yeah, and I looked at the website and it's just so simple and yeah. easy to figure out what, you know, what you need and how to how to yeah. communicate that. So it's Yeah, great. the only thing we wish we we wish we would have brainstormed of the name a little bit better before oh, yeah. we were all <laughs> the 
EVCST. I still can't even get it right when I was like, yeah. Elk Valley COVID support team. It's uh, definitely I, a tongue twister. It is. I, I wish we would have slowed down before we went and launched the website and, and thought through that a bit. But Oh, yeah, but yeah. It, it, it's kind of funny, though. Yeah. It, it adds some humor. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you kind of answered this, but I was listening to, I was watching a training course the other day on crisis leadership with Kerry Newhoff. And actually he said that one of the things about crisis is what does it make possible for organizations? And so I wonder if you could just say again, and you've kind of said this, but what do you think this crisis really makes possible for your church? Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think underlying the whole crisis are, are two giant fears. Um, it's the fear of a lack of control yeah. and it's the fear of death. Those are the two things that are, are, are coming right in close. And of course, uh, those fears were, were there and, and the reality of those things were there three months ago, just like, just as, just like they are now, but it's like the, the kind of the facade of, of our sense of all these structures that we look to that the kind of the scaffolding of our life that we kind of build around our jobs and the economy and our, our health and, and those things are all kind of melting <laughs> right before us. And so that's really, really unnerving. I mean, think how unnerving it is that because some guy decides he has a hankering to eat a bat for dinner yeah. because because of that the yeah. plans of seven billion people are all upended six trillion dollars is wiped out of the economy yeah. like that's that's really unnerving that that our whole world can get changed and turned upside down that a lot of these foundational elements that we've kind of we get our security from or our perceived sense of security mm. from are proven to be to be like shifting sands. Mm. And so I think this is a, a huge opportunity both to, as a church, to be fearless in our love and, 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 and contagious in our hope that, 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 we, uh, that we don't crumble and fear mm. when everything around us is, is crumbling because at the core of what we believe is that, is that there is a good God who is powerful and in control, and he is just as in control of our lives today as he was last year, as he was six months ago. Mm. And, and then also, you know, as a people who, who believe that, that our greatest enemy of death has been defeated by Jesus, that Jesus came in and he destroyed the grave, he silenced the grave, um, which is what we're going to celebrate this weekend. Mm. Um, I, I think it that message is it, it, it's almost um it it's more urgent if, if that's possible it's even more urgent or maybe even more receptive people are more receptive to that right, right now I, I you've probably heard i saw last week that that in in kind of google's you know mass uh, analytics that the Google searches for prayer has just skyrocketed all across the globe. And why is that? Is it because people feel very, uh, they feel fearful and they feel, they, yeah. they feel there's an insecurity that has kind of thrust upon us. And so I think crisis uh, earns us an opportunity to, for the church to be, to be confident and to be bold in, in, in mm -hmm. our, our security in, in what Jesus has done for us and, and who we are so that we can step into this crisis, mm -hmm. not just with physical things like groceries and caring for neighbors, which is, which is great, but we can step into this crisis with, with sincere hope and peace mm -hmm. that, 
that is unshakable, even in this time when everything is being shaken. And so I think, I think that this crisis is an opportunity for the church to really push in, promote the gospel. And, and I, I think the crisis is really tilling kind of soils in our culture for, for new gospel seeds to be planted. Mm. And so anything we can do to take advantage of that, um, I, I, think, I think we need to take advantage of that. Absolutely. I liked what you said. That it's the time to be confident and bold mm. uh, in our hope. Um, awesome. Sean, any last words, like anything, if you could encourage our churches in any way or would want to say anything, yeah. uh, what would you want to say to them right now? I, I uh, yeah, I, I would say two things. I would say that, that I, um, I, I read an, an article last week from uh, the Praxis Journal, which, um, which, which used kind of three images, which I think were really poignant, mm -hmm. that, that, that they talked about how it, everything in kind of our, 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 our media is looking at this as kind of like a blizzard where we're trying to endure, you know, uh, the next few weeks and it's like a blizzard comes and we all kind of hunker down and then we shovel ourselves out and we get back to, to life as normal. And, and so even as churches, we've been, we've been kind of running, trying to adapt in the short term. Right. But the article went forward to say that, that basically um, we've got to get out of this blizzard mindset because at a minimum, we're just at the start of winter. Mm. where where this is going to be a season that we go into and there'll be multiple blizzard events and so we need to prepare for that but more than likely we're actually stepping into a mini ice age where this is going to be the next 12 to 18 months that that this is going to be our reality and so we really need to think through how do we continue to make disciples share the gospel advance our mission when for the next long term um everything has been upended and shaken and changed and all those strategies and structures are all, all, all out the window and so we need to be really like hearing the spirit's voice because the spirit has positioned the church in this time strategically and so he's going to want to be leading the church he's going to want to be leading us to mm -hmm. to seize this time and so i really think it's time for your those in your church who have got leadership gifts and discernment gifts and who listen to the spirit to be praying say how do we continue to to push into the mission when everything has changed and not just think, well, how do we get through the next few weeks? And, and you know, maybe by May, everything will go back to normal. And I, I fear if we, if we keep trying to just kind of maintain what we're doing until things go back to normal, we're, we're going to miss the opportunity. So that would be my first piece of advice. The, the second piece of advice is that, is that even though how we do discipleship and, and how we gather the church has all been changed, the call from Jesus to be salt and light has not changed. And, and, and one thing that I, I am fearful and I hope I am wrong is that, is that part of being salt, it means that we preserve the rot and the decay in our culture. You know, we, we champion life. We, uh, we preserve life. We're the voice for life. And I see this growing movement. And, and, I, and I'm fearful a bit that as the, the reality of this, this situation begins to kind of sink in, and as our quality of life and our lifestyle is impacted, and as we all have to start pinching pennies and we can't buy that latest trinket and we can't go on that vacation, there is going to be this growing call to let's just get the economy going. Let's just get back to work. And yeah, we might lose 2% of the people, but that's the, 
that's a price we're going to have to pay. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be so important for the church that I know those are complex issues, but the first principle in the church, the first principle out of Jesus's life is that people matter more than anything. Mm -hmm. If anything we see from, from the life of Jesus is that, is that we, that God loves people over everything else. And we will stand before Jesus and he will not ask us. He won't give one rip of how our mutual funds did. He will not ask us what we did to, pre to preserve the stock market. He won't care one bit how the Dow did in our lifetime. He's going to ask us, what did we do to protect and preserve the uh, life of people? Mm. And so I, I am fearful that the idols of materialism and consumerism is going to start showing its head in our culture. And, mm. and people are going to get tired of this. And, and we're... We will, we, will, we will toss aside the vulnerable in our society in order to kind of just get back to making money. Yeah. And I know those are complex issues, but to, I think to Jesus's priorities and principles, those are not complex. And so we're going to have to be salt and champion life in this, yeah. in this time to come. And also we need to be shining the light. We need to continue yeah. to look for ways to, 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 to lean into those good deeds that would bring glory to our Father. And so, um, yeah, we're going to need the prophetic, I think we're going to need the prophetic voice in our churches yeah. in, in the months to come. And we're also going to need the, the, the priestly pastoral deeds um, <laughs> displayed in our churches. But, yeah. Thank you, Sean. Yeah. Thanks for speaking from your heart on that. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah. And thanks. I was just thinking throughout our call, um, you know, part of our vision as a fellowship is to innovatively develop relationships and resources and so I want to thank you for very much doing that even within your church and then partnering with us uh, it makes a big difference and um, I'm excited about what God is going to continue to do through you and through your church mm. through all those uh, people you've mo mobilized uh, to share shine his light and uh, thank you just for being here to encourage us. Awesome. Thank so, you for the chance to so talk, much. to chat. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. yeah, have, have a great day. Take care of that wife uh, of I yours. I do that. I know I my husband's in, uh, working in a hospital too. So That's life right. is crazy right now. So take yeah. care of that wife of yours and your three beautiful yeah. girls. And yeah, look forward to hearing more of what God is doing. Thank you, Liz. Thanks for listening to today's episode. At the Fellowship Pacific Ministry Center, our team is committed to serving our churches. To find out more about the resources we have available and how we can support you, visit www.fedpacific.ca.